Hey, and welcome to the Pathway Church Podcast. We're so glad you're here to join us. We hope that this podcast inspires you to live life both for God and your city. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes. And remember to leave us a five-star rating. Enjoy the message. Don't miss another moment of this series. I'm not kidding. This is one of the most important series in the history of Pathway Church. During this series... I will preach a message that I have been working on for over a year. I have internalized it. I've preached it elsewhere. I have been preparing this. It's for a, it's for a future. It's what I hear God speaking into my heart about us. Pathway, I want to run with you. I want to run with you. Every step of the way out. I give it everything I have. I give it everything I have. When I cross the finish line, I pray that my life and my body is like an old hoopty just making it across the finish line. I want to get there with no gas left in the tank, no resources left in my pocket. I want to know that I gave everything I had to the Lord in this journey. I believe that God is speaking a message in my heart for this season. Don't miss it. And then, of course, last week, I told you, I told you last week about what's happening. If you, didn't, if you weren't here last week, make sure you go back and watch it, right? But do you remember what I said? We're going to expand our facilities for our young adults and our student ministry, both of which are bigger than they've ever been in the history of Pathway Church right now. And we're going to do some great work over in children's ministry, our children's ministry space here at Moffitt. And then we're going to build some community space for the entire church. That, you're going to love that. And then over at airport campus, we said there's a building coming up out of ground over there. It's going to be a container to house the presence of the Lord and God's people. Man, I'm so excited. I can't wait to show it to you. You guys want to see it today? Okay. I didn't think so. I didn't think so. Y'all want to see it today? Okay. All right. Then I'll wait a couple more weeks. It's going to be awesome. And then we said across the bay, Pathway Church, we're moving across the bay. I mean, we're staying here, but we're going to have another baby. And it's going to move over to Baldwin County, the fastest growing county in Alabama. It's going to be amazing. We got our eye on property. We're going to share that with you as well. Man, you just picked a really great time to be at Pathway Church. If today is your first day, you picked a great time to hear me talk about what God is doing at Pathway. And listen, I want to say, I'm going to give you the keys to the car. You can drive this thing like you stole it. Just come and be a part of what God's doing. Come on, somebody bless the Lord for what he's doing. And bless him because Pathway Church exists. What is this all about, Pastor? This is not about buildings. This is not about things. This is about the fact that we are legacy people. What is a legacy person? A legacy person is just one more generation, another generation of people who love Jesus and want our people to love Jesus. Anybody love Jesus today? Okay, anybody like Alabama Crimson Tide? Is there anybody that would say War Eagle? Is there anybody say War Eagle? Hey, I'll even put it out there for, for those of you that would say, go Tigers. Any LSU fans, if you have the guts to, God bless you, sister. That's a bold, courageous woman right there, right? But is there anybody who loves Jesus more? <laughs> anybody love Jesus more? Yeah. Just one more generation. Anybody that loves Jesus says, I want my kids to love Jesus. I want my grandkids to love Jesus. Pastor, when is enough enough? It's never enough. As long as one of our nephews, nieces, aunts, grandmas, mimas, mamas, nanas, papas, whatever. As long, what, as long as there's a neighbor, a person in Mobile that doesn't know Jesus, we're thirsty for more. We're hungry for more. Amen? Amen. 
You know, Russell and Sonia, I'm thinking, I don't just want my kids to know Jesus, but I want their kids to know Jesus and their kids' kids know Jesus. And generations that I won't ever even meet that will know me as their great-grandpa, great-great-grandpa, whatever it is. I want them to know Jesus because of this moment. That's a legacy person. That's not a person that says, as long as there's peace in my time. I'm talking about people that are willing to have the hard conversations. The people that are willing to wade into this culture. Listen, I want to bless God for you. Thank you for letting me preach the gospel with no insecurity, with boldness to just get out there, lock my knees, stiffen my spine, love people and love Jesus enough to tell people the truth and you guys won't disown me. Thank you for that. Thank you for that. You know, sometimes those conversations are tough, but God is faithful and he's in the business of transforming lives. Aren't you glad for that? I'm really glad. Thank you for not coming to a place where we just have to do a little chicken soup for the soul and everybody goes out and has lunch after and just feels better. But we're talking about a radical transforming work of Jesus Christ that takes me from where I was and lifts me up out of a pit, sets my feet on solid ground and changes me, transforms me into the image and character, the picture of Jesus Christ. That that's what God is doing in our lives. Amen. Amen. And this culture is not selling that message. This culture says anything is fine. Listen, things are not fine. We are broken. We need Jesus. We need a Messiah. We need a Savior that will take us out of our sin and bring us into Jesus. I don't know how many times I've said it. There's not two people in the world, the good people and the bad people. It's just Jesus and everybody else. And if we're standing with Jesus, it's not because we're good. It's because we're saved by Jesus. This is the message of the gospel. Pathway Church didn't exist. You wouldn't give people like me an opportunity to open up the scriptures and say, thus saith the Lord, period. And if you don't like it, you can get over it. But, and I want you to like me and I want you to love me, but I want to be loved by Jesus. I want to please the Lord first. Thank you for being that kind of church family. That's what a legacy family is. That's who we are. That's where we've come from. That's where we're going. But what will it take? You know, we had 71 years. What's it going to take for the next 71? Here's what it'll take. Y'all ready? Y'all ready? First Chronicles chapter 28, verse two. King David rose to his feet and said, listen to me, my fellow Israelites, my people. Pathway Church on day one, I said, you are my people. Do you remember that? I said, you are my people and I'm your people. I burned my ships. I burned my bridges. I'm not going back. Y'all are stuck with me. Well, truth is I'm stuck with you too. <laughs> It is awesome. You're my people. I love you. Thanks for loving my kids. Thanks for loving my wife. Thanks for loving me. Thank you. Thank you for going through the valley of the shadow of death, valley of death when I lost my father, when my dad was sick. Thank you for walking through that with me. I, will ne I, I knew pastoral care mattered, but Evis, I didn't know what it felt like until somebody showed up on my front porch, until Kyle and Carianna showed up and sang the doxology to my father in his last days. Let me tell you, that's a thing right there. Thank you. It is a high honor to be a part of this church family. What do you do? People ask me, a pastor, Pathway Church. It is a most awesome thing to be able to say. What do we do to take this culture, this DNA, this legacy of faith in Jesus Christ into this next season? It's like David said, my people, I had it in my heart to build a house as a place of rest for the ark of the covenant of the Lord, for the footstool of our God. And I made plans to build it. Verse six, God said to me, Solomon, your son is the one who will build my house and my courts 
for I have chosen him to be my son and I will be his father. It's a great thing that David set out to build. It's a big deal. Now, last week I told you that every big thing that God does, everything that God does, these things happen. First, someone says, God told me, God spoke to me. I believe that I've heard from God concerning our next steps as a church. And then someone says, I believe that too. I trust that. I believe that the Lord has spoken to pastor. And then together we come together and we do the work. God speaks, someone trusts, we do the work. God speaks, someone trusts, then we do the work. Say that with me. God speaks, someone trusts, then we do the work. Together. Verse eight, so now I charge you in the sight of all of Israel and of the assembly of the Lord and the hearing of our God, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. The Lord has chosen you to build a house as the sanctuary. Be strong and do the work. Be strong and do the work. Be strong and do the work. Now I want to tell you now, I don't consider this a command from the Lord to David and to his people alone. I consider this to be a blueprint for us. I believe I've heard the Lord and I believe that God is going to be with us. Let me just tell you right now, I don't want to do this thing if God is not in it. Can I just be honest with you? I don't want to do another thing if God isn't in it. I don't want to open the door. I don't want to go out to eat. I don't want to talk to my neighbor. I don't want to sit next to a stranger. I don't want to battle some challenge if God isn't with me. Because without God, we cannot. But with God, we cannot fail. (laughs) And if God is in this thing, if God is in this thing, here's what I believe. My children and my children's children will have a place of sanctuary to meet God because of the decisions and the work that we do together. And this city will be different because you exist. Because we live and because we worship. I believe that we've been chosen for this task. And David says, be careful to follow all the commands of the Lord your God. Now, I don't want to over-sensationalize this. I don't want to over-pressurize you. But I'm not afraid to ask you to do big things. I would tell my dad, daddy, it's hard. He He would say, son, if it was easy, everybody would be doing it. Let the whole world sit on their hands right now. But we will rise and we will build. We will rise and we will love. We will rise and we will serve. We will rise and we will care. We will rise and we will worship. We will be in this moment. We're not going to miss our moment. I think God has called us to this moment. And I believe from my heart that God is in this plan. First Chronicles chapter 29 verse 1. Now I love this. David, he doesn't sugarcoat this. Have you ever had somebody say, oh, it's it's easy. All you have to do is just sign up and it's easy. No, David. And then you get down in it. Then you get down and you go, what in the world did I get talked into? No, David starts right out. He says, the work is huge. The work is bigger than Carl. The work is bigger than Sue. The work is bigger than Travis. The work is bigger. It's going to require a God and a people. The work is huge. And this is not just a place for people to meet each other, but a house for God to meet us. How many of you love your small group? You love your small group leaders that open up their homes. I love that. I love it. It's beautiful. And I love our ministry projects. 
And I love the things that we get to do. And I love the trips that we get to take. And, you know, we, we go down to Rocky Creek catfish and we go to fishes and loaves. And we go, we, now we know how to eat at Pathway Church. We know how to eat. We know how to have fun. We know how to get together. But this is not just about us getting together. We are building a house where we can meet God. And I want to give you some steps on how to have a better marriage and how to have a better better life. But there are some things that I can't give you in steps. There are some things that can't just be handled in sermons and in singing. There are some things that can only be handled in the presence of God. That's what we're doing. We want to meet God in this place. Here at airport campus, in Baldwin campus, that's our agenda. But the work is huge. Now David had already built plenty of things. He wasn't a stranger to building. I'm not a stranger to building. I built stuff before and I know it's work. And can I just be honest with you? It would be a lot easier for me not to do the work. It'd be a lot easier for me not to get down and mess in things. And <sighs> Pastor, why do you have to kick over that anthill? Everything's so good. Well, because there's some things we got to build. There's some things that we got to be faithful to. David had already built so many things. And deep down though, David knew that this temple was different. It was different than the fountain. It was different than the buildings. It was different than the arches. It was different than the gates. It was different than all of these things. This is a place where people would meet God. And we've had all kinds of history here at Pathway Church, but where we're at right now is a big place. This is a big deal. So what will it take? What will it take? Pastor, what do we need to do? Well, the first thing it's going to take is it's going to take leadership. Everybody say leadership. Leadership. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse one, the message says, David called together all the leaders of Israel. Now, let me just say, as I'm reading this, I want you to understand I've done all these things too. God, to get, God called together all the leaders of Israel, tribal administrators, heads of various governmental operations, military commanders and captains, stewards in charge of the property and livestock belonging to the king and his sons, everyone who held responsible positions in the kingdom. We followed the same plan. Listen to me. I've met with trustees. I've met with our finance committee. I've met with our staff. I've met with different leaders in the church that, you know, we need their input. That they have a perspective that I don't have. They just see things from a different angle. We've, we've done these things. You know, I've met with pastors. I've met with pastors that speak in this pulpit, that lead great churches elsewhere, that have recently done building or have multiple campuses. We've, we've met and we've talked. We've met with architects. We've met with engineers. You know what else we've done? We've assessed our financial position. And you guys know that I don't squirm or back off from asking you to bring the tithes and the offerings, right? You know that. I'm not afraid to do that because we know that a scrawny, emaciated church is not going to reach Mobile for Jesus. And so we ask to give. You also know that I don't get paid on commission, right? You know that. June, you know that, right? The offering comes in and, you know, my kids are looking, going, well, this could be a big payday for daddy today. You know, that's not how that works. But we give. And we've looked at our financial position. And you know what we've done, Phyllis, what we've done is we have been preparing. For instance, you know, if you're out, flow exceeds your income, your upkeep becomes your downfall. You know that, right? So if you spend more than you make, you're in trouble. So what we've been doing is each year we spend less than what we brought in the previous year. We do that not so that we save money or because we're cheap. We do that because we're trying to 
build up some ammunition so that when we go face the enemy, we'll load up our bazooka and take him out on the first shot, right? So this last year, and in previous years, but especially this last year, we said we're going to function on 85% of the tithes and offerings that came in this last year so that we can build up our ammo box getting ready for this stuff. Now that meant there's some things that we're used to doing that we don't do, some things I'd like to do that we don't do. I just think that's, it's easier to sleep that way too. But you know, we're not sitting back there with piles of money, we're sitting there getting ready. And so we've looked at the financial position, we said, you know what, if we can function on 85%, then we've already trained ourselves that we're ready for this next step and we wanna go and win. So what I'm saying is we pulled together our leadership and Mark, Donna, we've done everything that we know to do. And we've asked the Lord to help us. So it takes, it takes, it takes leadership. It takes leadership. It takes leadership from me. It takes leadership from our spiritual leaders. And we've done that. We've worked, we've prayed, we've done everything that we know to do. I'm asking you to pray. I've been asking you to pray. Please continue to pray. In the lead up to this series, I said, please pray every day. Who will pray every day? But you said, I'll pray every day. We're praying, we're working through this thing. Why do we pray and why do we bring together our leadership? Well, Proverbs chapter 14, Proverbs chapter 15, verse 22, the Bible says, plans fail for lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 14, where there is no counsel, the people fall, but in the multitude of counsel, there's safety. So we brought our leadership together. We have to have leadership. Secondly, after leadership, we have to have a plan. We have to have a plan. Say that with me. A plan. Come all together. A plan. First Chronicles chapter 28, verse 11 and 12. The Bible says, then David gave his son Solomon the plans. He gave him the plans of all that the spirit had put in his mind. So we're working the plan with our architect. We've got architects that have drawn stuff. Engineers have been working on things, people working. And uh, hey, I'd, I'd, I'd love to show it to you. Would you guys like to see it? I think you got my phone there, Andrew. It, can you, or somebody... Okay, it's Kelly again. This happened the first service. We've been throwing remote controls across the living room to each other for a long time. So we got this, right? We got this. Come on, give it up for my... <laughs> who, who would like to see this? For real, who would like to see the plan on this space? Anybody? Are you sure? Come on, y'all got to bring some energy if you want me to show it. Um, okay, here it is. Yeah, there it is. I don't want to leave it up too close, too long. Somebody take a picture. I'm going to show it to you for real. It's, we, it's still, we're still working on a couple things, but it's, the crock pot is working, okay? I'm going I'm to bring this. We're going to show it to you. But we've been working on a plan, and we want the plan to be just right as we bring it to you. And, and I told you what all we're doing. It's going to be awesome. Turn to your neighbor and say, it's going to blow your mind. It's going to blow your mind. Say it like you mean it. It's going to blow your mind. Shake your head just a little bit. Say, it's going to be awesome. Awesome. Right, there you go, Asia. I like that. Say that to Courtney again. Say, it's going to be awesome. 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 We've been working that plan. And I told you about it last week. I told you a lot. I'm going to show you the real. There's going to be a reveal. And I've got this one message. It's on my heart down deep. I'm going to give that to you. I'm going to reveal it out a little bit more as we go. This is the plan. And we're going to go, we're going to plan with all diligence. And I can tell you that we're not going to build like massive monuments to anybody, but we're going to build like we do here. You know, like we want to be efficient, 
have the best impact. But let me tell you, in this plan, we've been working this plan for a little bit. Airport campus, pay attention to me really good right now. I want you to think. You know, when you look out there, today when you walked in, you parked there um, east of the building, and then you walked past that beautiful piece of grass, right? That beautiful pad of grass is there. Have you ever wondered why that grass was there? It, it just happens to be perfectly symmetrical with the building that's already there. Have you ever wondered why? You know why? Because we've had a plan. We've been dreaming. When we first started that campus, when we first started that campus, we started that campus with the intention of advancing the gospel and building another building. You mean, pastor, you're telling me that you didn't just have a dream last night? No, I did not. I would, listen, I believe it's from the Lord, but we've been planning. Have you ever seen that parking lot completely full for anything other than truck to trunk when we're giving away the groceries? Because I have not. Is it because not enough people to show up to church? No, it's because we built a parking lot for a building that's much bigger than what we have. We built a parking lot that can fill the building we have plus another building. You know why? Douglas, we had a plan. We've been working on that plan. And now is the time for that plan. So we're working that plan. And I'll be honest, man, I'm, I'm excited. I can't wait. Nothing moves fast enough for me. I wish it would go faster. I know there are some of you that want to see all this stuff right now. You want to see it just spring up out of the ground. We're working the plan. We will open it up for our city, for our high schools, just like we do now this week. Uh, Pastor Andrick had to skip our Thursday night service because he came here because the city of Sims had a beautiful event right here in our space. And when our schools need a space, you know what the answer is? Yes. The answer is always yes. The answer is yes. It's just, let's coordinate the schedule. What do we need? We just, we want you to be here because this is a place that God meets us here. And I don't care how you get here. We want to serve our community. We are going to, pastor, don't mess up. Don't mess up the carpet. And just chill out. The carpet is designed for people. The building is designed for God to facilitate people. It is not a museum. Pastor, did you see the walls got marked up? Praise God, we got people that can mark up the walls. Praise God. Pastor, did you see the kids on the stage? Praise God, I did. Thank God we got kids in the church house. Come on, somebody needs to get a hold of that, right? Just need to get a hold of that. We are gonna drive the wheels off of these buildings that we're doing. I promise you, they're gonna, we're gonna walk in, you are gonna get high on the polymers and the paint and the carpets. It's gonna smell so good on that first day, but I guarantee you it won't be long. It'll smell like people. It'll smell like people that have been weeping in the altars, worshiping in the rows, lifting their hands to God, feeding people who are hungry, giving cups of cold water to people who are thirsty, housing our brothers and sisters and doing things. These are vehicles to advance the kingdom of God. That's what our plan is about. So we'll do everything that we know to do. And then within this plan, one thing that is completely mature is the prayer plan. And here's how I want you to pray. Three things. Write this down. Put this on your hand. Put it in a book. Ah, put it on your hand. You'll remember that. You'll remember that. Three things I want you to pray for. Pray for wisdom. God, give us wisdom. Lord, help us to spend less money than we need to and get work done faster and better. Wisdom. Give us wisdom to select the right subcontractors and do, do all that stuff. Wisdom, 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 wisdom as we advance, wisdom as we ask people to bring their offerings, wisdom. Pray for unity. Secondly, unity, wisdom and unity. You know, God commands a blessing on unity. Psalm 133, one says, 
Uh, behold how good and pleasant it is when brothers dwell together in unity. And I think around verse four, it says there, talking about unity, God commands a blessing. So when the people come into unity, God does awesome things. Now I've learned, you watch football enough, you play ball enough, you, you've played some, with some great people, but when they don't play in unity, it doesn't matter. You get beat by an inferior team. My prayer is that we would be together in unity. Pastor, what do you think is going to happen when you launch into this big thing? Well, I think the enemy's going to do some stuff. I think we're going to be walking amongst some high-ranking demons that will try and stop God's work. Listen, I, want, I just want to tell you the truth. There are going to be some challenges. But greater is he that is in me than he that is in this world, than he that is in this city, than he that, he that is in this church. There is nothing that is bigger than my God. And when we come along beside God and we don't, when we don't get caught up on our ego and, and our name and our reputation, we say, God, we just want you to do what is pleasing to you. That's the kind of church and that's the kind of agenda that I want to be a part of. Now, I don't want to be afraid to use my reputation and use my character and, and, and use the name of the church to advance this thing, this thing and our credibility. Let's get out there and do it. Let's not be afraid to do that. God didn't give us influence to tuck it away. He gave us influence so we could advance the kingdom. So let's spend it. But as we do, you better be praying for your brother and sister. Don't just pray for unity in the church. Pray for unity in your house. And I know that if God is going to bless us in this church family, I pray God's same blessing on your family and on your house and on your health, on your finances, on everything that you do. Wisdom, unity, and finally favor. That God, you would help things happen easier than what they should happen, faster than what they should happen, and that you would take resources and energy and ideas and bring them to bear on this moment for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. That's our prayer plan. And then finally, after we need leadership and we need a plan, then we need a team. We need a team. Because every great thing that happens, it doesn't happen off of one person, it happens off of a team. How many of you know we have a great team at Pathway Church? Oh boy, do we have a great team. What a blessed church we have. Not perfect. There's only one perfect here. His name is Jesus. But man, we sure are rallying to his call and I'm so thankful for that. First Chronicles chapter 21, 29 and verse 1 and verse 5. The Bible says, then David, the king addressed the congregation. My son Solomon was singled out and chosen by God to do this. But he's young and untested and the work is huge. Verse five, and now how about you? He says to the people, how about you? Who among you is ready and willing to join in the giving? So Solomon builds the greatest worship facility in the history of the world, but he didn't do it alone. And he couldn't do it alone. It took a team then, and it'll take a team now. You know, we have a piano at our house. I don't like moving furniture twice. I don't like painting walls twice. Is there anybody in the house that feels the same way as I do? I don't like to do work twice. But man, when you have to move a piano or a couch and it's just you, that's hard. But a few Easter's ago, Gabrielle, Gabriella Luicano played on a beautiful grand piano right here on this stage. Man, that was a big piano. And you know, I'm the pastor, so I'm supposed to move it. I'm supposed to move that piano. No, that's not how it works. You know, after service, we needed to take it down off the platform. You know what happened? People picked it up like as a backpack and moved it out. 
How did that happen? Because a lot of hands went under the piano and lifted. It was nice and easy. It should have been heavy. Pianos are heavy in New Braunfels, right? They're heavy here also. (laughs) We just all picked it up. Pathway, in this moment, if we all get involved, this lift will be easy. Every one of us doing something. Solomon couldn't do it alone. We aren't going to be able to do it alone. God is in this thing. The question is, are we in this thing? Do we have what it takes in this moment? How, how, are, how are we going to do this? Well, let me, let me say this. What I'm going to be asking for is a, is a three-year journey, a three-year commitment. And we're going to be sending these legacy people cards to you. We'll send them to you in the mail, and then we'll give them to you here. And I just want you to take it, and I want you to pray about it. To say, what can I do? And then we're going to bring it on November 7th. Now the reveal will be happening. You guys will see there's some things that are going to be happening between now and then. It's going to be really wonderful. But I'm asking that you would take this thing and that we would go ahead and begin to work. And there, there's some different ways we can give. We can give money, you know. But, but some of us, may, maybe we're at the age where we have 401ks and there's this thing called required minimum distribution and we're going, hey, I have to take a certain amount out and I can do that tax-free and I would like to give this to the church. Or there, there's all kinds of different things like that. But just to be seeking God and asking God how we can do this. But here's the bottom line. Right now, would you pray? Is there anybody that says, Pastor, you can count on me to pray? Just go ahead and lift your hand right now. Amen. Thank God. Thank you. Thank you for praying. Thank you for praying. And so David's team had obedience. He listened. First Chronicles 28, 9 and 10 in the message translation says, and you, Solomon, my son, get to know well your father's God. Serve him with a whole heart and eager mind for God examines every heart and sees through every motive. Now listen to this. I love how this sounds in the message. He says, look sharp. Look sharp now. God has chosen you to build his holy house. Be brave, determined, and do it. Well, I like that because Nike didn't just come up with that. David came up with that. I think David's descendants ought to be getting some kind of paycheck for just do it. It seems like it to me. But he says, look sharp, be brave, and do it. Head up, shoulders back, not fearful. Walk into this thing. Walk into the line of fire and go do it. Pathway Church, y'all ready? Turn to your neighbor say, just do it. Just do it. Let's go. Look sharp, be brave, and do it. Look sharp, be brave, and do it. Come on. Look sharp, be brave, and do it. Come on, clap your hands. Look sharp, be brave, and do it. We got this, right? Come on, man. Give it up for Jesus. Let's bless him. We're going to get this thing. We're going to get this thing. We've got obedience. We've got got faith. We've got faith. Be strong and courageous. We can do this. The Lord is with us. Sacrifice. His team had sacrifice. And this is one thing I want you to understand about my posture with the church and especially my posture with this. I believe that leaders know the way, leaders go the way, and leaders show the way. I'm not going to ask you to do something that I won't do myself. I try to live a generous life. Kelly and I are talking right now about the kind of sacrificial giving that we can give. And we don't have that exact answer yet, but we do know this. It's going to be bigger than anything we've done before. I believe it's going to be something that gives us butterflies. And the reason is because, not only because I'm a child of God, not only because I believe in this plan, but don't you think it would be irresponsible and unfair to me, for me to ask you to do something that I'm not willing to do? So here's what, here's what I've learned in leadership. 
You can't lead by pushing a rope. That's not how ropes work. You lead by pulling the rope. So I promise you, I will be the first one out on the line and I will do what I'm going to ask you to do myself. And I believe that if we live like that, then God will help us. And you know, honestly, when I'm thinking about it, actually, if, if I could have our music come, can come right now, that would help me. And it would also give you hope that the end is near. <laughs> when I, when I think here about how that Kelly and I have tried to live this way from the start of our marriage. I think about how that we were very young church planters. I mean, Kelly was like 22, I was like 26, and we moved from the South into Chicago to start a church in inner city Chicago. And we were there for two years, and as, as a part of our giving, when we didn't have money that we could give, we had a car. And I remember that we gave our car. It was relative to our income and what we had. It was one of the most extravagant gifts I've ever given in my life. And we've given multiple cars away. I don't think we've ever sold a dining room table. I think we've given every dining room table we've had away. We give. This is our heart. Now, we're preparing and we're asking. We're asking that God would help us. You know, Andrick, I remember there was a season in our life where we were giving God everything that we had. And the Lord had blessed us. Our income was doing well. You know, I've always kind of had a side hustle in addition to pastoring, you know, whether it was flipping houses or, you know, working as a marketing director early on. I just always kind of hustle. I, I don't really sit still very easily. And the Lord had blessed us, but we had some personal financial challenges with our house. And I shared with you about the Chinese drywall in our house and we had to move out of it. It's a long story, but we had to occupy two homes and we were already stretched because we're over here trying to flip houses. I remember paying people to buy houses from us. When the market dropped, it was a bad time to have a bunch of houses. I remember that really good. And we refused to stop tithing. We refused to stop giving during that season. And brother, I remember I was in the grocery store. My, my wife is in the grocery store, goes to the checkout and realizes we have more food than we have money. And so she's taken back bags of Tostitos to put back on the shelf. But we were not going to stop bringing the Lord our first. This is how I'm approaching this. Why? Why? It's not even your building. You don't even have ownership. This isn't like a business that I own a certain percentage of this. It isn't. Pastor McDuffie, when he was done preaching, he left. And somebody else came. Toby Morgan came. Toby Morgan, he didn't own the church. Joey Terman didn't own the church. I don't own the church. I'll be here and gone. I'm just a link in the chain. Somebody else will come along. But this is my gospel legacy. Because people need to know Jesus. I'm going to do everything I, want. I can. I'm, I'm trying to advance the game for the Johnson family. You know, I try to get increase in my own life. I try to steward my money. I spend less than I, than I make. I make investments before I enjoy. I do everything that I know to do. But all of this stuff, my house, it's just a pile of dirt. My car, it's just a pile of dirt. I don't get to take any of this stuff with me. But what the treasures I can lay up in heaven, now that's another story. We hope you've been blessed by this week's podcast. Make sure to subscribe to stay up to date with all of our most recent episodes and visit pathwaychurch.us slash give. We'll see you next week.